Welcome to season one of State House with me, your host, Frank Santos. This season, we're going to talk about a key healthcare issue facing many Texans access to medical cannabis. The 2023 legislative session will be the fifth session uh, where this issue will go before the Texas legislature. You're going to hear from veterans and patients and policymakers about how this issue impacts Texans and Texas as a whole. You're going to hear personal accounts of how these conditions uh, like PTSD and chronic pain, uh, MS, seizures, uh, how these patients need this critical treatment to help them regain uh, their quality of life. The stigma around cannabis started a long time ago, uh, back in the late 1800s and early 1900s, when immigrants were coming from Europe and from Mexico, they brought with them a plant, a plant that they had been using for many years that they found to have medicinal properties. And it was the, it was the cannabis plant. It was widely used throughout those countries, but by 1937, uh, fears had grown about what this plant could do, would do, and the people using it would be doing to the population. And so the federal government made it illegal. And by the 1970s, they passed what was called the Controlled Substances Act uh, and placed, uh, which is scheduling of drugs um, in the United States, and placed uh, cannabis as a Schedule One drug. Now, this is a schedule that is reserved for drugs like heroin and ecstasy. And if you look at the definition of uh, Schedule One drugs, it says it's for uh, chemicals and substances that uh, have no currently accepted medical use. Currently accepted medical use. So um, I think they left that open for, for a reason. It's been almost 100 years since cannabis was made illegal. And healthcare professionals um, and policymakers have learned a lot about um, this product and heard from patients, um, heard from advocates, heard from doctors, and have found that uh, there's much more to the benefits uh, to this uh, plant than was originally thought. So much so that if you look around the country, 47 states have some law, some form of regulation allowing the use of, of cannabis. Now, some states have gone to the point of uh, allowing recreational use. That's not what the state of Texas is looking to do. But Texas is one of about 10 states that have a medical use only uh, program for patients. And, um, and, and we have one of the more restrictive uh, regulations and, and, and uh, programs in the country. So just as a little background, the state of Texas passed a piece of legislation in 2015 to allow for medical use of cannabis. And since, uh, since that time, 2017 session, and Texas only meets every other year, so 2017 session, 2019 session, 2021 session, they've made changes, um, but those changes have been very incremental. For example, uh, the original 
piece of legislation only allowed for a 0.5% THC level uh, of the product. It's extremely low. By 2021, they raised it to 1%. So uh, I'll tell you about the significance about, about that in just a second. But we're, um, we're at a tipping point right now because the number of patients, healthcare providers that are utilizing this uh, treatment option um, has grown significantly um, since 2015. Uh, the awareness around the United States has helped with that, and the program is, is no longer able to meet the demands of the patients. There's some good news about the fact that Texas has been so deliberately slow uh, to change the program. Uh, part of that is other states have opened their programs to a wide use of the product. Some went way too fast. Some just opened it up to recreational use. Um, and what Texas, legislat uh, Texas legislators are going to be able to utilize this session is all that data they've uh, uh, collected from these states, some positive um, and some negative. And the good news for us is, as Texans is that we get to look at that and, and make the appropriate changes to our program. So I say the tipping point because 2023, um, I believe, is the, the, the year, the session, where the patient population has grown to a, a level that uh, the appropriate guidelines and changes and regulations need to be made for it to be an effective program. So why are we discussing these changes now? And why do we have, uh, why is season one dedicated to medical cannabis? If you talk to patients around the state, which I have, and trying to understand what, uh, what medical cannabis means to real patients, patients suffering with a condition treatable by medical cannabis, uh, what you're going to hear is that there is an inadequate supply, which I'll explain, um, the dosage level is too low, and the safety protocols are not in place for this for this product. There's probably, and this is a, I, I think probably conservative figure, two million uh, potential patients in the state of Texas, and right now about maybe ten thousand are truly getting uh, treated with the uh, are able to get access to the product. And what happens when you don't have enough of your uh, product supply for the patients to meet the patient demand? Um, it's too costly uh, in the case of Texas because we only have one provider, one true provider, although we have three licenses. What you have is people looking to other options to get their treatment. So if you're suffering with uh, PTSD and you don't want to be treated with opioids, like you'll hear uh, from some of the veterans that are going to be speaking uh, on this podcast, and you'd like to still treat your uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, some use of the, of the cannabis, uh, medical cannabis, is helpful. But if you can't afford it, or let's say you live in a rural area, or you're disabled and you just can't get to that product, then they're going to seek it out in other ways. And what we're, what we're hearing 
um, anecdotally, is that they're having to seek it out in the illicit market. And that is definitely not what we want patients to be doing. And they don't want to be doing it either. Uh, these patients are law-abiding Texas citizens, and they're not looking to get high. They're looking to get well. And so what can we do um, to help with that issue? Part of the problem with the illicit market is that it's unregulated. So the medical cannabis could be widely ranging in THC level. Uh, we know it's not safe because there is no uh, safety protocols for uh, illicit producers. Um, and it could be tainted with, uh, with poisons like fentanyl. And so they take a chance every time they go you know, into to that market to get their, get their medications. What patients want is a robust program in the state of Texas that provides a significant or, I should say, adequate amount of uh, medicinal cannabis to meet the patient demand, that there's a safety protocol so that they know what they're getting is a safe product that you would allow any Texan to, uh, to use for their treatment. And that by uh, increasing the number of uh, providers in the state of Texas beyond one uh, to an, enough to meet the demand, that just by that competition, you are uh, creating enough demand that uh, the price will go down and that it will be affordable, even to people who are essentially indigent in many cases and can't uh, and, and, and don't even have insurance, which insurance doesn't cover, obviously, but don't even have the money to pay for health insurance. So very unlikely that they can afford an expensive product like this. And the, the whole point of this next session is to talk to policymakers about shifting these patients out of the illicit market and then under a state-controlled, safe, effective, and therapeutic program. So we want to shift and control in the sense that patients, we shift them out of the illicit market so that we are not fostering that market and, and place them into a program that is under state control, but it's regulated so that it's safe for the patient to use this medication. It's therapeutic for them to actually get relief and it's cost effective so that they can afford to get it. They need to have the access. What do patients consider to be a robust program specifically? I'll talk about that. An organization called the Texas Patients First Foundation was formed uh, soon after the last legislative session in 2021. The reason for it was patients felt like they, uh, even though they were advocating at the Capitol, there was so much misinformation and not enough education of uh, policymakers and regulators, that they were not able to make the kind of changes they needed, that the the, the old stigma still applied, and uh, it was very difficult to get their, their point to the right people during a very uh, contentious legislative session, which most of them are. Uh, there's a lot of issues that legislators have to deal with. Uh, all legislators have constituents back home uh, that they need to be able to uh, defend their decision about how they vote on certain issues, and this is a, this is a tough issue. But 
part of why the Texas Patients First Foundation was formed was so that that kind of information could be used could be ed- used to educate uh, constituents and policymakers and regulators so that we're not working, you know, with um, some old uh, uh, stigma attached uh, definitions of uh, what medical cannabis is. So here's a few things. Increasing the number of providers. The state of Texas in 2017, after the 2015 passage of the law, uh, put out a bid for licensees to provide this product. Three were granted a license, and essentially one is producing today. When you have two-plus million patients potentially uh, looking for access to the product and um, the current provider can only provide, you know, up to 10,000 of those patients access because they just don't have uh, the ability to get out to some of the rural areas. They don't have the ability to actually produce enough product. Um, We need to increase the number of providers. Um, But increasing those providers, uh, you know, comes with uh, uh, some some pretty effective uh, regulatory uh, oversight and guidelines and performance measures so that when a provider is given a license, they actually do the things that they have promised to do in exchange for a license to provide this product to Texas patients. Uh, There's a lot of those things, and I think you're gonna hear about those this next session, and we're gonna talk about them as as we get into the session. Also, standardized testing. Standardized testing is not something that the state of Texas currently has. Standardized testing of the product so that everybody who produces a product also is, is, is producing a safe product. There is so much fentanyl coming across the Texas border, um, which is going to be a huge issue this session. Um, it may bleed into this issue. We'll see. But uh, we, if we're going to provide this, if the state of Texas is going to provide this to patients in Texas, it needs to be safe. Uh, tracking. Tracking this, uh, what they call seed to sale. That means from the time that that seed uh, it comes into the, into Texas to the time that it's sold, and even beyond, um, is the only way to, to to make sure that this product isn't diverted to the illicit market. All we we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to help the t- the Texas Department of Public Safety enforce the law, enhance their ability uh, to enforce the law, so that you, you don't have diversion and that we remain a medical cannabis state only. You increase the THC content. So another way to to help patients is that with 1%, and I'll give you an example, um, the, the, the head of uh, the Texas Patients First Foundation, um, and he can tell his own story, is a guy by the name of Chase Bearden. And a lot of people know him at the Capitol. Uh, he's in a wheelchair. He's a quadriplegic from a, um, uh, an accident that he had in college. Uh, he was an athlete. And for him to get the kind of relief, it either is going to be opioids, which is what he had to do for years, but he, he wasn't f- as functional as he wanted to be, so he wanted to get off. Uh, if he uses medical cannabis, in order to get the relief he needs, which it has given him pain relief, which is what he suffers from, and the way that Texas uh, has has promoted 
certain products only um, is in what they call tinctures, which is essentially carrier oil with some THC in it. So in order to get the proper dosage, you have to take a lot of it. Well, if you if you're if you're Chase, then uh, you either in, you you can do that, and then you end up with uh, severe GI problems. So we need to raise it to a level to uh, that is therapeutic to the patient, five, twelve percent, maybe higher. Um, but I think a, a physician is the one that can tell us what works, and um, we actually have promoted. Uh, through the Texas Patients First Foundation to create a physician board so that some of these issues can be dealt with medically. Uh, the other uh, issue that could help is, uh, cha- is is allowing more delivery mechanisms. So for today, you can use tinctures, as I explained, or edibles. Again, the same problem. Most of what you're taking is some inert, um, essentially inert material, uh, with a little bit of THC, there are other methods. Uh, we've the, the state law prohibits smoking the what they call smoking the flower, which everybody knows what that means. But there are other ways to do it: uh, vaporizing a distillate, either through an inhaler or a nebulizer or something like that. There are those products out there, and it's it's more of a direct um, introduction of the medication and gives the patient um, instant relief versus uh, uh, having all the other uh, ancillary problems um, associated with it. So those are really a lot of the issues that we're going to be talking about in this season of of State House. Uh, We're really happy that you're joining us. We hope that you will interact with us and let us know if the information you're receiving is good, uh, what you want to hear more of, and uh, you know, please you know, like, share, subscribe uh, to State House so that you can get notifications of new uh, episodes and even uh, information about our second season that we're already preparing for. So thank you again for for joining State House uh, this time, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Today's show is made possible through a generous donation from my friends at Air Wellness. Air Wellness is one of the most innovative and fastest growing vertically integrated U.S. multi-state cannabis operators. The company's mission is to drive positive impact for their patients, their customers, their employees, and the communities they serve. For more information, please visit airwellness.com. That's A-Y-R wellness.com. If you're not already following us on social media, you can find those links below in the show notes. As always, thank you for your continued support, and we'll see you next time.